0: I want to spend a few minutes talking with you about your relationships, okay? Because they can affect your health. Did you know that? No? All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions. They can be really personal, and all you have to do is answer either never, rarely, sometimes, or always. It's kind of like multiple choice, but it's not a test. Okay. Okay? In the past year, your partner has refused to wear a condom. Never? Rarely. Sometimes. Always. Sometimes. Okay. And your partner messes with your birth control or tries to get you pregnant when you don't want to be? Never. <clears throat> Rarely. Sometimes. Always. Uh, never. Okay. Your partner has threatened or frightened you? Never. Rarely. Sometimes. Always. Why are you asking me this? I want to make sure that you're safe. Your partner's threatened or frightened you. Never. Rarely. Sometimes. Always. Um, rarely? OK. Your partner has hit you, slapped you, or physically hurt you. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Has your partner ever hit you, slapped you, or physically hurt you? Is someone hurting you? It's okay. It's just a couple more questions, all right? Your partners made you have sex when you didn't want to. Never. Rarely. Sometimes. Always. It's okay. Make sure you're safe and I want to help you if I can I had just one more question for you okay autumn has anyone forced you into a sexual act ever in your lifetime yes or no Uh, yeah okay do you want to tell me about it no, no. it's okay I'm gonna give you my number, and you can call me. We don't have to talk about it today, but you can call me if you need to talk or if you need some help, okay?
1: Chris Scouser here with Matt Owl. On this episode of the first run, Matt and I discuss the Finnish horror film The Hatching. A film that is at once unimaginable and at the same time deceptively simple and yeah, yeah, I get it. Then Cage Fest continues with Matt ripping his shirt, Howl, and I discussing the Larry Child's helmed comedy. That's right, Borat's director, the right Army of One, has Cage on a mission to bring in Osama bin Laden alive. There's this stupefyingly beautiful rundown of the big releases featuring the streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to wrap up the show with another round of Call It featuring Audrey Hepburn, Jesus, Hanashiro Saguma, and more. So grab your swords and delicately pack those eggs. It's going to be another wild episode. Listen, folks, I'm going to, tell you, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm going to have a little light editing this week, too. I have had migraines the last two nights. I've got like six hours of sleep. And Matt and our recording plans got blown up too, so it's kind of a last-minute show. So, you like how I stumbled over the intro, just prepare yourself for a whole bunch of that awesomeness. So, uh, let's start everything off though with a clip from the hatching. <laughs> 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 Matt, what's up with all the birds? So, why don't you tell the fine folks at home, what is The Hatching all about? Well, first
2: off, Chris, I have to correct you. It's actually just Hatching. The Hatching is a separate movie that is about, I think, dinosaurs. Um, So, it's just
1: Hatching. Yes. I appreciate the clarification.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, So, basically, this is about a 12-year-old girl um, who lives with her family in Finland. And... um, She's a gymnast. Um, she is desperate for her mother's approval, which is, um not easily come by. Uh, one day, she's out in the woods, and she finds an egg, and she decides to bring it home. And boy, oh boy, when that thing
1: hatches, weird stuff comes out. <laughs> Indeed, it does. So, Matt, you called down the thunder. You were the one that wanted <laughs> to do this film. You wanted to push aside the latest Liam Neeson Mm. action opus to do this little Finnish horror film that was, I think, part of Sundance that we did not have an opportunity to catch up with. It is now in the theater's limited release, though. What were your thoughts on, excuse me, just simply hatching? Is it a uh, clever kind of independent little horror film? Is its concept too abstract? Uh, What were your thoughts on hatching?
2: It's definitely weird. Um, it's definitely got that kind of. Um, I mean, it's not Norwegian. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Here? Scandinavian. It's got that weird Scandinavian mm-hmm. horror vibe to it, where everything is very odd, um, and it is got a very strange approach and a lot of strange vigils. But at the same time, it's all very simple. At the same time, right? It's all kind yeah. of basic about. You know, the kind of metaphor that it's bringing forth about, you know, I, any number of metaphors It could be, you know, about a, a girl growing into her teenage years, becoming a woman, you know, desperately seeking approval from her family, a, a metaphor for divorce and, and all this kind of things. It, it could be a whole different host of things kind of wrapped up in this relatively clever, I guess, Um you know if if you've seen the trailers for it i think you they kind of give it away and where this is going and what kind of comes out of that egg but i don't know i thought it was a pretty effective strange little scandinavian horror film
1: yeah and honestly i thought it had outside of its unusual creature and mm-hmm. its ultimate results of what this creature is i think this as a european kind of independent horror film has a pretty universal appeal at least in its In its plot or the story, you know, the Mm -hmm. story that it's telling transcends just kind of Finland, right? I mean, this kind of relationship that this young woman has with her mother, I think, is, you know, everybody can identify with that in some capacity, I'm sure. And I would say I was a little... When I first saw the poster for this, I was a little concerned it was going to be a little ridiculous, Mm -hmm. in a little kind of fantastical. And in some ways it is, but it's still... uh, very grounded in the story that it's telling. And I think for me, you know, you're watching this, Matt. you're like, wow, who really is the monster here? You know, man. (laughs) So I think one of the clever turns in this thing is the inherent darkness in this family, right? Hidden behind the family's perfect vlogged lifestyle. That's what the mom does, right? Because she was a a, uh, nice skater who had some type of incident and now she tries to live vicariously through her daughter by pushing her into things she doesn't want to do. And I love how um our director Hannah Bergholm how she kind of introduces us to the darkness right away with what happens to the bird who flies through the window, right? Mm-hmm. And how her mother just how cold and calculating she is. And I think of so what happens is the creature shows up and I can think of too there's some homage in here, I think, for some Cronenberg work, particularly, I think, the brood, yeah. right, where yeah. the creatures become the representations of her emotional states, just, I guess, to really spoil the whole film. Um, And that's what it is. We have our monsters acting out, tinges repressed emotions. And I think it's really interesting how just callously the mom snaps that bird's neck, right, right. just shows you who she is. And then the other just horrible psychological damage that she puts on her daughter with her side relationship with this guy, right? Yeah. Um, Just the blatant manipulation and abuse of her daughter. And that stuff is just as unsettling as anything that happens with the creature. And I think one of the great successes of the film, and maybe this is just my American ignorance, uh, but is how fragile the world around her appears to be, Mm -hmm. right? Like just the set design, the homes. We get the drone shot over the early CGI, whatever it is, over the neighborhood, right? And everything looks like it could collapse almost at any moment, just like her world is around her. And I just thought that was really interesting.
2: I think there's a lot to unpack in this film. I mean, I think it's very visually interesting. I think it's got a lot of artistic merit. I think, uh, like you said, the theme is universal even though it does feel you know very you know other at times as far as kind of how it presents those those things i think it was a worthwhile choice i am actually pretty glad that i insisted that we forego Nissan season for (laughs) this late in the year because that's that's a january thing that's not a may thing come on let's be real
1: yeah, I yeah
2: no, that's no good at all.
1: I'm, I'm I'm very upset that I had not heard the phrase "Neeson season up until like <laughs> two weeks ago. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what is his latest film coming in. And is it called Memory? Yeah, I think that's right. It? I think yeah. that's it, yeah. It's got Guy Pearce, too, and Monica Bellucci. You'd think I'd be all over this, but the 31% Rotten Tomato score is not, not doing yeah. a lot. I'm sure at some point I'll watch it online. <laughs> yeah. But I also want to talk a little bit about Sirius Solenias, so, Yeah, yeah. I'm you The young woman, the 12-year-old yeah. girl. <laughs> <laughs> so she plays a dual roles in this mm-hmm. film, and I think she's fascinating in this thing because it's very demanding, and also it's a very riveting performance by her because she's portraying this young woman just barely, you know, trading water with her mom and in her own life. She's 12, dealing with a just rotten-to-the-core little brother. And uh, a father who's basically checked out. And then she does the flip side of this creature as well. And at some points is quite terrifying. Uh, I I don't know if the creature design is as consistently successful Mm -hmm. as I would hope maybe it should be. But uh, still, in the end, I think it's a very effective film. I think I enjoyed perhaps more the reveals of the rot and the decay at the heart of this family more so than the parts with the monster itself I found that much more unsettling and interesting but in the end yeah Matt I think this was a good call I decided to give again simply hatching a B
2: you know what I'm right on board with you I'm giving it a B as well this is what you come here fair folks to hear us argue and disagree two wildly different points of view about film
1: that's exactly right. Well, last week we were pretty far off on. North that's Street. true. Excuse me. Yeah, that's
2: right. You need to know when to put in that article.
1: <sighs> I got to get that straight. Gee whiz. All right, kids. So go ahead. Just an email at feedback at the first run.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts about hatching, which is currently in limited release right now. I'm sure you'll be able to rent it on demand uh, momentarily, but a lot here to unpack. Like Matt said, very interesting little film, maybe a little too slight at times, but, Overall, I think worth checking out. Coming up on Physical Media, map this upcoming Tuesday, May 10th, well, we got another failed video game franchise, but I'm going to play a clip from a movie I saw with Mrs. first run that I uh, rather enjoyed.
0: You're a very photogenic dog, you know, look like a hero. Why didn't you tell me you had a brother? And he lives in Los Angeles. We got something in common, me and you. I got family in that godforsaken city. You know what? I'll make you a deal. If you don't do anything else psychotic on this trip and we made a good time, we can go see him. Maybe.
2: Okay? Is that a, is that a deal? Shake?
0: <laughs> you shake. You sure got to
1: the just a down, sometimes downright adorable map, but also very touching and interesting in a much deeper than you may think film dog featuring Channing Tatum as he has to escort the former military dog to his prior owner's funeral and then the uh, adventures they happen upon along the way. Um, pretty good. Definitely at least worth a rental. Uh, also coming up is, again, just... I, I think they what they start and stop trying to make this thing dozens of times. And the games are fantastic, but the film itself leaves you, I'm going to be delicate and generous here and say lacking, but uh, Uncharted, Matt gets its physical media release as well. There is a steelbook on that audio commentary with the director Ruben Fleischer, some deleted and extended scenes and more. And man, Fleischer's never really been able to reclaim or just grab that magic that like Zombieland had mm-hmm. ever since. It's like the other thing I think he's done that I think was really yeah. good. And uh, I like was it thirty minutes to delivery or whatever was well, that one I thought was or less. pretty solid. Thirty yeah. minutes or less, thank you. But then everything I have not liked anything. He also did he do that Gangster Squad film that is just a horrible
2: Maybe. I'm not really I'll be I'm not really up on his filmography, if I'm being quite honest with you.
1: Yeah, that film, which is something that I would have been like all in on. I love that old school stuff. You got Brolin, Nolte... Giovanna Ravisi, Michael Penny, Robert Patrick. And well, I love how I'm talking about this, and I'm not even sure if it's his. It is indeed his. Ryan Gosling's in that. Uh, great stuff. But nope, movie stinks. <laughs> movie stinks. IFC is releasing The Beta Test. A married Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared, ensnared, how I like threw the H in there, in a sinister world of lying, infidelity, and digital data. Or data. It's up to you. Those are both actually fine. The Cursed... That uh, 1800-set werewolf movie, Matt, that we saw last year. It uh, got a limited theatrical run a couple months ago or a month ago. It's getting released. Um, Pretty solid, I think, worth renting. Yeah, catching
2: on streaming when it inevitably shows up on HBO.
1: There you go. IFC is releasing Clean featuring Agent Brody. Tormented by his past, a garbage man named Clean attempts a quiet life of redemption. Man, you're kind of locked in. What is that phrase thing? You're smarter than me when you're... The name matches your job. Isn't there like a specific thing? uh, There
2: probably is, but I'm drawing a blank as to what it is. I want to say, I know things like onomatopoeia, but that's not what you're talking about.
1: No. I'm just saying, if you're going to name your kid clean, that's not cool. (laughs) He attempts a quiet life of redemption, but soon finds himself forced to reconcile with the violence of his past. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow 2 is getting released when Chris Reimer and her young son Jeremy are forced to reallocate to a small rural community. They have no idea of the past terror that their presence reawakens. Rising Sun Media is releasing Sister Tempest. And Hutchinson's troubled relationship with their missing sister is under alien tribunal. Meanwhile, her new roommate's mysterious illness causes her to go on a cannibalistic killing spree. Wow, there's a lot in there. (laughs) Aha, the movie. Three musicians all in their 50s are back on tour, Matt. They have fans in every age group and playing huge sold-out arenas around the world. They travel in black Mercedes limousines, each in its own, stay separately in luxury hotels and have separate dressing rooms in the backstage every night. Only on stage Matt do they come together. We watch Morton Harkett, Magnifer, and Paul Wackitar very closely to our camera. Our mission is to find out why these three friends since childhood have become so cold with each other. Something is totally rotten between them, but what? So it gets documentary on this big reunion tour for Aha. Oh,
2: interesting. Okay.
1: So, there yeah. you go. I guess they are still really big around the are
2: world. They? I mean, they I only know. had the one hit that's everywhere. It's meme-worthy, you know?
1: Yeah, and uh, they also actually did a solid James Bond theme, though. The Living Daylights mm-hmm. one is pretty good. Okay. Criterion is releasing Mr. Klein, also known as Mon That <laughs> This is your new-to-Blu-ray section. I think I nailed that. In wartime Paris, an art dealer's life is thrown into disarray when the authorities suspect he may be Jewish. A new f- f- uh, 4K restoration on that one, Matt, with uncompressed mono soundtrack, interviews with the critics, and some archival stuff from 1976, a documentary from 86, and more. Shot Factory is releasing the Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas film, The Ghost and the Darkness. A brand new 4K restoration on that one. They're also releasing the uh, Al Pacino, Matthew McConaughey film, Two for the Money includes audio commentary with the director dj caruso and the screenwriter dan gilroy and some deleted scenes scream is releasing cursed the uh west craven kevin williamson werewolf film starring christina richie yeah, uh i don't think i've ever seen that
2: i don't remember i do know i've seen it i just don't think it was very good and i don't think i've ever seen it since that one time
1: so it's a two-disc set uh the first blu-ray has the theatrical cut 4k restoration and a couple new interviews. And then, disc two is the unrated cut, which gets its own 4K restoration and some uh, screen specific commentary. Warner Archive is releasing Blake Edwards' The Carry Treatment, starring James Coburn. Kino Orber is releasing Treasure of the Four Crowns. A group of adventurers are gathered together to retrieve some mystical gems, Matt, which are in the possession of a deadly cult. It's a brand new restoration from the 3D film Archive LLC, a new audio commentary, a new interview, and more. Kino Lorba is also releasing Miklos Jansko's collection, which includes The Roundup, The Red, and The White, The Confrontation, Winter Wind, Red Psalm, Electra, My Love. And they're also releasing Son of Samson, Mamba, and uh, yeah, that's it for Kino this week. Roninflix is releasing The Killer Elite, a brand new restoration from 2020. This is not the uh, remake with um, De Niro's in that, right? This is the original film. A uh, new interview as well included. Scream team releasing is putting out exposure to reconcile the problems in their relationship. Matt, Mir, and James go to a cabin in the mountains where they encounter an ancient evil that haunts the land capable of turning people into monsters. Isn't that always mm-hmm. the way? Code Red is releasing Sunnyside featuring Joey Travolta. Brand new 2K of that. Remember, not John. Joey oh, okay. Travolta. Scorpion releasing is also releasing The Mechanic. This is the, I think it's safe to say, the uh, classic kind of B-action film featuring Charles Bronson and Jan Michael Vincent. Uh, Full Moon Features is putting out Cinderella. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you, Matt. This is a dirty version of Cinderella. So you are are warned. Thank you. You can finally retire your old VHS copy. (laughs) Uh, there's also a steelbook of Friday 13th part three getting put out. UHD releases this week. You have volume two of the Alfred Hitchcock collection. Breakouts included. So you can buy the set or the individual discs. And this time you're going to get Saboteur, Shadow of a Doubt, The Trouble with Harry, Marnie, and Family Plot. Uh, There's UHDs and Blues, 4K restorations for all films, legacy bonus features. Uh, The problem is, you know, at this point after the first set, which had, you know, like Rear Window and Vertigo and Psycho. And now all the other big stuff is owned by Warner Bros. So like North by Northwest, you know, that that you're going to have to wait for those. Um, Also coming out, Jurassic Park breakouts. You can get the individual Jurassic Park UHDs now, though Amazon, as of the recording of the show, has that Jurassic World set, which is the five films outside of the latest one for $41. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, I've been looking at that thing... (laughs) For like a week now. Don't do it. And I'm thinking like, oh, I should I should just wait. Don't do it. For the big set, I guess. Oh, or I mean, really,
2: I mean, let's be honest. After the first I'm one, gonna do you need to watch the other ones?
1: That's true. You know, yeah. Maybe that's for all you really need to do. And your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Matt, I'm going to go with Mutant Blast. Oh. Maria, a fearless soldier, and TS-347, a man with superhuman strength, are being pursued by a military cell responsible for scientific experiments that have resulted in a zombie apocalypse. Plans gone wrong. Matt, which we we be streaming this week? Alright,
2: so last week we discovered that there is a, a gem. That maybe not everybody has watched because of the type of film it is. And, but Nick Cage, I think, said it was an effing masterpiece. And I'm of course talking about Paddington 2. It is available... <laughs> for your viewing pleasure on HBO Max, a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Supposedly one of the highest rated films of all mm. time. I've not seen mm. it. I've seen the first one and I enjoyed the hell yeah. out of it. So I think I need to catch up with two. Have you seen two? I haven't
2: actually. Um, I've seen the first one, but I ha- when I was flipping through HBO Max, I was like, man, I got to mention that just as a throwback to last week's show.
1: Very nice, Matt. And I got to throw in one more streaming pick to myself, apropos of absolutely nothing. Uh, The Romanian film Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days, which is currently playing on AMC Plus and on the Criterion Channel, is a harrowing film set at the end of the communist rule of Romania about a young woman who attempts to get an illegal abortion. And it is really a heartbreaking, terrifying film. And if you have not seen it, I cannot recommend it to you enough. It is a really difficult sit, but one of those films that just demands to be seen. So, four months, three weeks, and two days, which is on the Criterion channel right now. Apropos of nothing. Uh, Matt, <laughs> let's spend a few minutes then and continue Cage Fest. Just for you, we tweaked our little Cage Fest entry. So, I, uh, I hope you're happy. I'm a i I'm
2: a vampire! I'm 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 a vampire! but don't you see that's what she was there for that was the plan to give you a boner <laughs> and you got one
1: congratulations you're human
2: what do you see we cut the chit chat a-hole what is that what is that what is it oh no not the beast not the beast ah, oh, my eyes! My eyes! ah! ah! how could somebody miss file something what could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Peter. H, I, J, K, L, M, huh?
0: That's all you have to do! Very good. You know your alphabet. I didn't anything! Not once! Not one time!
2: I'd like to take his his face off.
1: How in the name of Zeus's
2: butthole did you get out of your cell? Am I getting through to you?
0: Over! What
2: are you gonna do for me? What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day. Wake up, son. I'll be taking these huggies and uh,
1: whatever cash you got.
2: You ripped my shirt! You ripped my shirt! I'm Nick. Fuck it! Okay. All
1: right, there you go. I got your. I ripped my shirt. Thank you. Thank you. Now feels
2: much more complete. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: And it's. Even longer, <laughs> coming at just under two minutes.
2: <laughs> Worth it.
1: Ah, good old Nick. All right, this week on Cage Fest, we're going to discuss Larry Charles's Army of One. This time, Matt Cage plays Gary Faulkner. He is an ex-construction worker. Uh, he is down on his luck, having a rough time. And he hears, meets, gets a visit by Jesus just in time for Easter. And he believes that God has told him. That he has to go to Pakistan and capture Osama bin Laden. So then this is a story of his, one of his attempts or a couple of his attempts to sneak into Pakistan and capture uh, OBL. Bad dude. Dead now. You don't really know though, right? You could still be out there. (laughs) But still. All right. I got to admit, Matt. Two things. One, I desperately need a friend named Pickles. And then two, it's not horrible. It's not horrible, no. It's no. not. What are your thoughts on Army of One? Larry Charles has a relatively solid filmography. First off, he was part of Seinfeld, right? He did Borat, which t- still one of those movies that made me cry. And he's done, I think, pretty much most of the um, Sacha Baron Cohen films. He did Bruno. He did The Dictator. Uh, So yeah, and then did Army of One, that seems to have been the last film that he directed. So he also directed Religious, which is funny to me because it's a documentary that's a Bill Maro, yeah. Bromar, Atheism documentary that when I first saw I loved, and as I've gotten older now and I cannot, st- I'm so done with Bill Mar- <laughs> but I know, still right? I wonder if that thing would even remotely hold up for me now. So anyway, some solid stuff in his oeuvre. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And then we have Army right. of One which what are your thoughts
2: I think we're on like um for our cage fest I think we started at the top right of these kind of
1: mm-hmm.
2: outside the box cage films and we're we're on the downward slope this is not as good as massive talent but it's actually not bad right. I when I had when I was putting together this list for this show or for this this marathon um I was watched a lot of trailers and when I saw Nick Cage running around doing a voice and being like, just absolutely batshit, I had to get on board with this. And apparently this is based on a real dude who they show some clips of at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is, at times, it it is funny. Um, Not every joke lands, but I think more hits than doesn't. Or at least enough hits where it's not like a slog. I, I, I enjoyed my time, for the most part, watching this film.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd watch this a dozen times before I'd watch the bubble. Mm. absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I definitely not more than don't. I would say enough yeah. jokes yeah. land. but um mm, yeah, I think when he does the voice in the beginning, the first that's the first note I had is what's with the voice? <laughs> right. But I guess he's just but it's here's the weird thing. You know what I shouldn't say it's weird. It should be patently obvious to everybody, clearly to obvious to everybody at this point that Cage is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. And he's what keeps this thing afloat. Yeah. All right? I mean, because with all the madness that this character, this this Faulkner character has, Cage r- keeps him grounded and human the entire time. Even though it's this odd, absurdist film about this clearly deranged man. Yeah. And it runs this line very... For the most part, pretty well, because it could come off as kind of exploitative and sad and mean, yeah. but it doesn't because there's an earnestness in Cage's performance that present, prevents that from happening. And it, I think it's painfully and funny at times, but I think that Cage is completely dedicated in game and I, I respect that. So when he does these little these films that I'm assuming, like you said, are going to get much worse <laughs> as we go. But he is always committed, yeah, right? And he makes this stuff watchable. And this has got a pretty good cast. It's got Russell Brand plays Jesus, Dan O'Hara, Ken Marino, who I can i didn't see Marino in this. I must have missed him. Nah, I, I, don't, I don't, don't know how it, I yeah. did. Maybe it was cut. Paul Shear, Matthew Modine, Will Sasso, Rain Wilson shows up. Wendy mcclendon covey plays uh, his his love interest, which was fun. Marcy um, tonally, it's fascinating. Because I said it it maintains, Matt, this positive air throughout the whole thing, which I think is weird because clearly Cage's character is deranged. Right. But it's, as I said, it it's it maintains that positive view. So it doesn't feel horrible. Yeah, I
2: mean, even though he's somebody who's, you know, an alcoholic and he's a big fuck up and all this kind of stuff, and you just think like these events happen where, like, you've been conditioned by other storytelling mediums and, like, other um films that, like, okay, this is going to turn, this is going to turn into something like, you know, what was me, it's going to become really depressing, yeah. and it's going to just really bring yeah. the whole thing down, and it doesn't. They just kind of, like, roll past those things, he says sorry, for whatever reason, everybody's like, okay, that's just you know, uh, Gary Faulkner, and they just continue on with the weirdness. And I think, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, Cage completely sells this thing. I mean, why he's even doing a voice, I don't know. It doesn't even sound like the guy's real voice, so I don't know what the heck he's even (laughs) trying to accomplish here. It's just like he's... Like, I feel like Nick Cage read this script, came up to the guy and was like, you know, I feel like this guy needs, like, a strange voice to really... drive home how weird and odd he is and i'm just gonna do it and that's or i don't even know maybe he didn't even tell anybody he just started doing it and they just went with it but it seems kind of like that one of those nick cage performances like we heard in chris's wonderful uh opening to this segment um it's that's it's that type of performance that you're gonna get he's definitely not phoning it in on this one
1: oh no not at all i would agree with you entirely i yeah Like I said, I think by Charles keeping the film light, it manages to kind of rise above what I think would easily have been the film drowned in bad taste. Um, So, yeah. I think, too, I feel like the improv is held to a minimum in this film, if there is any. Uh, So I think that's a smart decision. Uh, When I was doing some research for the show, Matt, I saw, too, that in uh, 2020, uh, Cage was going on an interview tour, and he talked about how the version of the film that we saw was recut by Bob Weinstein, Without Charles's permission. And oh. that his... The, the actual version of the film that Charles made has yet to be released. Oh, okay. Wow. So I wonder how different that film is. If it's funnier. Or maybe there's a little more pathos yeah. in it. Or I, I, I don't know. But I think... Hmm. I think the first third of this film is really good. There's real humanity to it. And some humor that mm-hmm. works. I think after that it takes a big dip. But it's still strong enough to watch. It's not great, all right? It is still, it's not great. Right. But it's not painful. And I ended up giving Matt Army of 1 a C.
2: Yeah, I was a little more kind. I gave it a C plus. Maybe that's just an anticipation of how bad I think the rest of it uh, is going to be. Although I'm looking forward to that last one. Because that's out there too.
1: Which one's Jiu-Jitsu. that one? Jujitsu. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. All right, yeah. That's the one with Tony Jaa, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that should be good. <laughs> All right, folks, we've got a chance to see Army of One, which is currently streaming on HBO, HBO Max, mm-hmm. one of those HBO things. Uh, you can check it out. Choose an email, feedback at run.com. Matt, I was just gripped with inspiration. I have like six or seven callouts, which I will obviously trim yeah. down. I think it was because I was up because of my migraines and I couldn't gotcha. sleep, so I had nothing else to do. So it was like, what do I do? Do I just drink more amphetamine? <laughs> what do I do? Do I? So anyway, so we'll get into all of that next.
0: The true sign of the devil! No! Call me i and proud! The greatest sinner ever to walk on God's earth! But Satan's boy I could never be!
2: I haven't the humility. I know what I have sown, and I am prepared for what I shall reap. But do you, Reverend Mother, know what you must give to have your wish about me fulfilled? I will tell you. You are a mortal soul to eternal damnation.
1: May God have mercy on you. That's right, folks. The Devils is back on Shutter. It is still not the full uncut version, which is just not available in the United States. You cannot watch it anywhere. Wink! in the united states uh if you're interested hit me up maybe i can help you out but um either way matt again i was putting my call list together and in the throes of a migraine and i just realized that my call it doesn't make any sense because we covered both of these films in our band marathon but i'm gonna ask you (laughs) anyway because it's it was just easter better film the, you know what's a better religious film to show the to sit with with the family? Last Temptation of Christ or The Devils? Uh, well, I should say, which which do you prefer? Which do
2: I prefer? Nah. Uh, that's tough. I would say, I think, to your latter question, I would say The Devils. But if you're gonna say which one am I gonna sit with my family and watch, I would think that it would be <laughs> The Last Temptation of Christ.
1: Oh yeah, I think that's yeah. The Devils goes far goes far too yeah. far to sit with the folks and watch especially the uh full version Mm -hmm. is uh something to behold for me too i think the devils is a superior film i enjoyed last temptation of christ much more than i anticipated i would uh but still the devils is i think i've used this phrase already tonight but who cares i have a migraine in the back of my head it's the devils (laughs) is the one that i kind of keep coming back to and again the cut version is currently available on Shutter. Check it out, folks. It is a trip. Mm. So, all right, there you go. Maybe do a double bill with Benedetta, and you'll uh, really uh, really get into that. Yourself the yeah. time. Invite the folks over. Keep the kids up late. Have you know? Make the dog sit in the couch and watch it <laughs> with you.
2: Chris is at his A game today. Here. Um, so uh, I like to make these, These sometimes I like to make callouts that are super easy for me, but are really going to generate a lot of uh, back and forth with Chris mentally. So um,
1: oh boy. Dalton Bond or Moore Bond? <laughs> that is so funny because one of mine is, since we're not going to have a new James Bond for a while, and if you saw that Barbara Blockley said they will not be a new Bond for a while, uh-huh. which infuriates me. I tweeted out, you know, we need to get on the Roger Moore train that, where yeah. it was like what one, then one the next year. And there was like a two, three year break. And then every two yeah. years, Moore put out yeah. a film. And now, like, I think that was one of the worst things about Craig's run is it was like three to four years between films. It was just unbearable. But your question to me is Moore or Dalton? Yeah. So
2: if this is a call and you have to get rid of one. Which one are you keeping? him
1: this is the ultimate quality over quantity question. <laughs> um, so, I love both of Dalton's films. The Living Daleks was actually in my top 50 favorite films mm. list. Two of Roger Moore's films are very, very good. Um, I... I... Mm. Told you, folks. I don't know. That slide whistle in Is It Man on the Golden <laughs> Gun infuriates me to this day. Uh. All right. So, Live and Let Die is racist. We have that to contend with. We have Man on the Golden Gun, which is my least favorite Bond film in the entire franchise. It makes me physically ill when I watch that film. Um, but, the Spy I Love Me is very good. Fear Eyes Only is fantastic. Octopusy, solid. Moonraker better than you think. View to a kill. All that really has going for is yeah, an apeshit Chris Walken, and for me the best Bond song in the entire series with a View to a Kill and you know, Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Uh Dalton, you have Living Day. I'm, I'm, you everybody. You're working with through this with me. You have Dalton. This is the first. Living Day, which is the first Bond film I saw in the theater. That's why I love it so much. And before Craig, Dalton was like one of the first to really capture, I think, uh, Fleming's character. Mm. License to Kill is good. You get a young Benicio Del Toro, which is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Man. You're welcome, folks. The Bond seventy seven score is so bad from um I think the spider loved me. It's uh yeah, no. The Marvin Hamlet score too, the one he did, it's just atrocious. Um It's quality or man, I don't know what to do. <laughs> what would you do? Well I decide? Right, so
2: for me it's not really much of a contest. Um I would go Timothy Dalton, hands down. I never was really Really I never really connected with the campiness of Roger Moore's films. I think going mm-hmm. from the kind of coolness and when I was too young to know any better of Sean Connery to just kind of the ridiculousness and kind of really playing up the more kind of uh, uh British uh 60s, 70s kind of uh like Austin Powersy type stuff. That's where they built a lot of that stuff off of from that. It just didn't, it just never connect. I never connected with it. I always thought it was ridiculous. And when I saw Timothy Dalton, I was like, oh, I don't like James Bond. I don't want to watch any of this. And when I, watched like the living daylights like i was like oh crap this is this is legit like this is pretty good so like i would definitely go dalton's tone over what Moore was doing any day of the week
1: oh for sure i would i think so yeah it's just that there's some stuff for the Moore films it's very enjoyable it's it's very easy Mm -hmm. uh to kind of just watch those films and just let it go dalton's films are a little more intense i so i I guess i'll go dalton what the hell whatever (laughs) So that was my question for you is in or Bronson. Brosnan. Bro- did I say? Yeah. It says. It says, said Bronson. Yeah. one of Bronson the people we did work with. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Um, Maura Brosnan. It's all the etcetera. I'm hopped yeah. up on it.
2: Oh, jeez. See, here's the thing. I think most of Brosnan's films are some of the worst Bond films there are. I mean, like, I thought Goldfinger was pretty good at the, or not, Goldeneye, excuse me, was pretty good. Um. But other than that, the other ones are just... Uh,
1: I actually really like Tomorrow Never Dies, do you? too. I, I thought all of them were, were pretty really were
2: pretty atrocious. Um, I guess I'd have to go with Moore then. I, I, yeah. For no other reason than you get Jaws, you know, that's maybe it.
1: Yeah, and Moore has one of the best iconic moments in the franchise, too, because his character was always, like you said, much more lighter and a bit jokey. And oh. when he is... um, oh, Is it for your eyes only? I'm blanking now. It's the damn headache. When he uh, he kicks the guy, the car, off the cliff. When he throws the dove pin at him and kicks the car. That's such a badass move by Moore. Good times.
2: All right, what do you got? Um. All right, so I... This is not even a movie question, really, but I saw somebody was making fan art. So, Batman Venom or Batman Ghost Rider? Which one is more appropriate?
1: I saw the Venom one, and I wanted to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> I have not seen Ghost Rider, so I guess I'll go Ghost Rider. I like Ghost Rider a lot, Batman. and since he
2: is the spirit of vengeance, and you know, Robert Pattinson spent a whole movie saying he's vengeance, I think it fits. I could see, I could see uh, Batman becoming Ghost Rider.
1: Oh, I see it. Yeah, that's pretty badass, uh-huh. actually. Yeah, I would definitely go Ghost Rider over. Uh, yeah, Venom. God, I hate Venom. What a what? What have you? What have they done to my boy? <laughs> Let's just look what they did to yeah. my boy. That's what I'm supposed, That's to, what say. You are supposed to say. <laughs> all right, Matt, give me let me know what it is. I know we, we haven't seen the last one yet. Maybe we should pocket this for the rest of the year or we can revisit it. What's the best Halloween film timeline? Is it sequel timeline, which is films one through six, okay. which includes the Thorn stuff and all the other right. crap? Four, five, and right, six films. Right, right. Which are really bad. I don't give me all the hate you want. Those movies are yeah. trash. Uh Is it the H two O timeline, which is Halloween, and then Halloween H two O and Halloween Resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, which is the um, you know the one where Jamie Lee Curtis comes back in those? Is it the zombie films, or is it H forty, which is Halloween and then the uh, the new ones? Ah. Uh... If you only have one of those runs, which one would you I
2: would guess I would go with H40 um, because we still get the original Halloween. We don't get Halloween 2. We don't get Halloween 3, although Halloween 3 is pretty much separate, so it doesn't really matter.
1: That's its own beast, yeah.
2: Um, I thought, you know, I think you and I liked the kind of remake of Halloween pretty you know i thought i think it was Mm -hmm. pretty good and i think h2o hasn't aged that well for me um like i remember it like getting a lot of buzz at the time but watching it now i don't i don't think it's that good so i think just out of overall quality i guess i would have to go with h40 because like you said that original timeline with you know four you know five those are awful awful films (laughs) and i would not want to endorse those at all
1: Yeah, I'd probably go H-40 as well, even though the last one isn't out yet. And like you said, unlike a lot of people, we actually enjoyed Halloween Kills. Uh, Even though, you know, Evil Dies Tonight gets a little long a couple times. (laughs) I I was all set with that. And you push me. I don't think this is a big secret. You get a couple pops in me mixed in with my excedrin and who knows what other stuff I'm taking. I could take Halloween 3 over everything. So, I love that film that much. Yeah, you do. All right, what you got?
2: All right, uh, so... This is my lack of inspiration, but I, I did see this and I just have to put this out there. Uh the Daniel Radcliffe weird owl biopic. Great biopic or greatest biopic.
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty yeah. good. Um I the only other person I would rather want to have seen that is like Elijah Wood, right? And if Daniel Radcliffe runs down the Elijah Wood tree where he or the path where he kind of chooses these little weird little films. Weird Little Projects. I'd be all for it. So I think it's going to be great. Now, I'm not the hugest Weird Al fan. I was, like most guys, white boys at around 12. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like, I loved that Dare to be Stupid album. But, you know, and I like him as a person. I liked his run on comedy, Bang Bang. I think he's, uh, it seems to be genuinely a great guy. But the the... The music parody genre outside of the D, uh, isn't really something that appeals right. to me. It's just really tenacious D, and everybody else is just kind of well. Know. That's
2: because tenacious D's are original songs. I mean, they're jo- they're comedy that's songs. True. They're not parodies, really. Yeah. Fair,
1: fair point. So yeah, I, so I think it'll be good. I think it'll be interesting. Is it going to be like the greatest thing? No, but it'll yeah. be
2: fun. I mean, I'm not a, I've, It's no secret that I don't really like biopics. I think they're stupid um and just uh i don't see the point but i i am oddly intrigued by this i'm like why are they doing this and i have to watch it
1: no i i'm, I'm with you you know if you did we do were you on the show and we did maniac the remake with elijah yeah. wood yeah, yeah yeah that thing is great folks if you haven't seen the maniac remake and the score too is great just pure 80s synth gorgeousness Man, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I gotta, I gotta pop that one back in. I got the teaser poster for yeah. that. You know the teaser poster I have too that I put up every now. And- I have one poster that I rotate right now. It's a uh, Blade Runner. Uh, I have like the original teaser for American Psycho poster too, which is really, cool. really. So. nice. I'm awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna skip my Audrey Hepburn one, even though it's her birthday today. I don't know if you've seen Roman Holiday or Sabrina.
2: I haven't, so it wouldn't it wouldn't work.
1: All right, we'll move on from that. Next up, I had now you'll you'll tell me you would give me the answer of worst person in the world <laughs> that or a portrait of a lady on fire because you did not care for portrait of a lady on fire as much as I yeah. did. I don't know which one I would go with. I think I'd go portrait. I think yeah, because portrait of a lady on fire made me gasp three four mm. times while watching it. And that never happened with uh worst person in the world. Don't look, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful yeah. film, but Portrait just leveled me. uh okay, Matt, let's go with Okay, I'll close up with this one. The other one I was gonna be about that whole I don't know if you saw that stupid white supremacist Wes Anderson tweet that was yeah. uh making yeah, us around a couple I days ago. That, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs> All right. Yojimbo or Harakiri? Oh,
2: uh, that's rough. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Yojimbo. Simpler story, but awesome. Awesome at the same time.
1: It is leaner. Yeah. It is, and it's been remade a bunch of yeah. times. But I think I would go Harakiri. Okay. That film just blew me away when we watched it. I was really shocked by how great that thing is. And I've been wanting to revisit it for a while. I bought it at the last Criterion sale. And, well, that's not true. The last Barnes & Noble Criterion sale. The most recent Criterion 50% off Flash sale. I picked up Citizen Kane and uh, The Red Shoes, which I have not watched. And they're both UHDs. I have not watched either of those yet. Surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, I think I go Harakiri. Uh Even though Yojimbo is a fun, mean little, little film. Good times when
2: you when society collapses and you know we lose all of our media if i'm still alive i'm gonna send future scholars to your house to just dig out i'll be like no there's pristine copies of, of untouched copies of film that we can use and use for the archives
1: <laughs> exactly you know chris has got that you get so gotta get the you get you know i remember to remember the big fear about uh disc yeah. back yeah. in the day Thankfully that seems to have turned out into to be really nothing. So. Yeah, I was
2: wondering about that because I, I still have boxes and boxes of old DVDs I've never actually gone through. Um and I'm wondering, are any of these even gonna work anymore? Because they've gotta be some of them gotta be reaching that that supposed end of time, you know, time frame.
1: I was watching Possession again the mm-hmm. other week, which is a DVD I bought like fifteen years yeah. ago, twenty years ago. Plays perfectly okay. fine. Totally right. fine. So I think it's yeah I think that was one of those big scares, Not like a Y2K scare, but one of those things that you know I don't know, like the the, the satanic panic for uh, <laughs> physical media collectors. Get you all worked up. <sighs> that's mm. right. Um, you got anything else for us? You want to close off? Uh, no, that's it. it.
2: I got I got my three. That's that's what I run with. Sorry, man.
1: All right, I'm just going to ask you: Moonrise Kingdom or Grand Budapest Hotel, folks? Shoot us an email feedback at dot com. Matt, what would you go with, Grand Budapest Hotel or Moonrise Kingdom?
2: I think I would go with Grand Bud- Budapest personally.
1: As yeah. would I. Wes Anderson's horror film—that's how I describe yeah. it—and it is a blast. All right, kids. Next week on the Big Show. Nothing big, no, right? No. Oh, uh, wait. I big, think uh... I
2: think there's another one of the Marvel movies coming out uh, by that guy that, oh, that guy wow. that you like uh, who did the Evil Dead. Um, yeah, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. I think is what it's called. Oh, and we are yes, we are doing uh, you know one of Nick Cage's magi- magnum opuses and something called Kill Shane. I can't even keep a straight face <laughs> while I say
1: it. Here we go. <laughs> uh yeah sam Raimi. It's i can't i keep hearing different things about it that it's very sam Raimi ask mm. but then i saw in interviews where he said that it was very much a work for hire okay. thing and it's not really like something from his voice so i don't know we'll see i got my dolby ticket ready to go matt for monday night what about you are you going imax dolby? i'm definitely
2: going dolby i've been very disappointed with imax the only time i ever go is because if dolby just doesn't work with my schedule
1: yeah hey are they doing the um on-screen subtitles near you they are uh, I I tend to go on Monday nights and there's a few times I've been I don't know I want to say burned is the right term but some of the only options to the theater closest to me has been the uh, screen subtitles and I've been hesitant to to do it so I have to drive farther away have you seen any of those I haven't because I never put them in the
2: prestige uh, you know formats or whatever theaters they're always in the kind of like the little small like side regular theaters so I Mm. I'm able to avoid that for the most part
1: I don't know. Pardon me thinks it might be great. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, Good times. In the meantime, folks, hit us up uh, at thefirstrun.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you will find us. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. And I guess that's going to be it, Matt. So uh, why don't we take an extended break? Everybody take care of yourselves. We love you, and we'll see you soon. Quick contest, Simplify.